Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast. Today, we're talking about a very Mad Max. Award season is truly underway and getting saggy. HBO is about to show us their balls. Basketballs, that is. And Marvel is getting ready to introduce the GOAT. Or should I say GOATs? So, join us as we discuss all this and everything else that happened this week in Geek. My name is Kev, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Keeping me company as we march towards spring are a couple of lads who are never mad. In fact, they're simply glad to prove we're not just a fad. Of course, I'm referring to J-Law and Nate. How are we doing on this fine evening, gentlemen? I hope we're not a fad, dude. I mean, listen, I've, I'm a little distracted because you used the word sag and balls in that, in that opener. <laughs> and and I wasn't like, referring you, to myself naked in the shower. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. That's hilarious. Uh, well, speaking yeah. of sag, um, before we jump into <laughs> some news from the last few days, the Screen Actors Guild Awards took place on Sunday night. Uh, now, obviously, we're just a few weeks away from the biggest award show in Hollywood, and with that, our week of Oscar coverage, so we won't dive too deep into the SAG winners, but history has shown that a lot of SAG recipients end up taking home the shiny bald statuette later on at the Oscars. And so, I just wanted to talk about the fact, I think the biggest surprise for me was seeing Coda pick up some yeah. serious hardware. Um, it was It's bar, by far my favorite of the best picture films that I've watched thus far. Um, so mm-hmm. do we think that winning the best performance by a cast award at the SAGs means it could take home the best picture award later this month? I mean, right after I watched it, I said, this is this year's green book. Oh, for really? sure. Yeah. That, that's a, that's yeah. a great call out. I, I do think it, it creates a interesting conversation given the fact that power of the dog seems like it might be the likely winner, but which I haven't checked out yet. And I plan on checking out and I haven't checked out Coda either, but you know, from what I've heard of Coda and how heartfelt it is, it seems like it would be the perfect movie to win the Oscar this year. Yeah. I watched, uh, I watched Coda when it first came out and I'm honestly, I, 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 I would love it to win best picture because it is such a lovely film. I don't, quite know if it'll get there but I definitely would love to see um I know I think Troy Coetzer is up for uh an, a nominee right yes or yeah he's, nominated. he's yeah. nominated for best supporting actor and he also won that at the SAGs which was yeah. like yes because he's one of my two favorite performances that uh I've seen so far in in watching all 34 of the nominated films I'll actually speak about uh one of the other actors who I enjoyed in a very surprising turn of events later on in the show mm-hmm. but yeah hopefully sure. uh if, if it gets best picture or troy picks up the the best supporting i'll be happy um but speaking of uh the acting nominations i also just wanted to touch on the fact that will smith has now won the golden globe and the sag for best male actor in a leading mm-hmm. uh role so does he finally get the oscar that he's been chasing he failed to do it with ali failed to do it with pursuit of happiness i think this is the year the oscars get fresh yeah, we were we were talking about <laughs> we were talking about this last week uh, when uh, Nate brought up that he saw Tick Tick Boom and you know the fact that Andrew Garfield's nominated and that's you know that's a role that definitely deserves to be recognized. I don't think that Andrew Garfield will win it because in yeah. his lifetime he will see another nomination and he will win. And to the point that you're making, Kevin, Will Smith has had so many opportunities to you know, win this award and, and it's just kind of snuck past him. Some really great performances. He's fantastic in King Richard. I absolutely love really, him. Really, really good. Yeah. I think it's likely. I think it's, I think it's going to be, it's going to happen. He's just one of those actors that he, even though he's Will Smith all the time, he still does such a good job at like making me believe that he's these other people in, in the way that he, he portrays them and like the way that he is. Like, I'm not used to seeing him play like an older person. You know what I mean? Like he's usually youthful. He's, he's look, he still zero. looks so young. He doesn't yeah, look nearly yeah. his actual right, age. And yeah. here he finally played somebody. He had yeah. to be aged up to to play somebody that is probably around his age. It's amazing. So yeah, I think I think he's gonna take it. 
this time around. Yeah, I, I think so too, but I mean, only time will tell. Uh, so we'll just have to wait uh, for later this month. Uh, but the SAGs, again, were certainly a newsworthy show. And speaking of which, why don't we move into the news? It's all about the details. All right, our first story comes from Ryan Leston at IGN. Apparently, Charlize Theron didn't feel safe at the Mad Max set with Tom Hardy. It's no secret that Hardy and Theron had trouble, a troubled partnership while filming Fury Road, but a new book by Kyle Buchanan titled Blood, Sweat, and Chrome, The Wild and True Story of Mad Max Fury Road, sheds some light on the tensions, and it's a disturbing read. Theron says she spent several weeks on that movie where I wouldn't know what was going to come my way, and that's not necessarily a nice thing to feel when you're on your job. It was a little bit like walking on thin ice. Speaking to Buchanan, author of the aforementioned Blood, Sweat, and Chrome, Theron and several members of the crew who took part in the lengthy shoot in the Nambian Desert accused Tom Hardy of unprofessional behavior. Hardy was apparently known for turning up late to set, and during one incident, this boiled over into a furious, no pun intended, argument between Hardy and Theron. Uh, After producers made a special request for Hardy to turn up on time, he nevertheless turned up three hours late, all while Charlize was on set and ready to shoot, despite the fact that she was a new mother at the time with her baby in childcare nearby. After Hardy finally arrived, uh, Charlize apparently responded, how disrespectful are you, and said the producers should find the effing C-word $100,000 for every minute that he's held up this crew. Hardy apparently responded by charging up to her, demanding, what did you say to me? Uh, He was quite aggressive, and she felt threatened. At this point, uh, Theron demanded protection on set. So, you know, a a lot of people would say that, you know, this tension actually helped enhance the on-screen performances, uh, which were obviously fantastic. But this is clearly unprofessional behavior, specifically from Hardy. Uh, showing up late is not just a dick move to your fellow cast and crew, but can cost the production some serious money. Uh, but even worse yeah. is threatening a coworker to the point that they feel their safety is in jeopardy. Uh, so, I mean, maybe we'll start with just how does this make us feel about Hardy as an actor or as a person? And will this influence future decisions to see his work? You know, I, I haven't heard... This is, the, this is kind of the first time I think a lot of people are hearing this sort of behavior of Tom Hardy. Um, so it's it's really difficult, I think, for, for a lot of people when we get these stories that sort of come out here and, you know, we haven't been on every set with Tom Hardy. We haven't seen all this. And I, I'm not going to apologize for the guy. He sounds like he was being a complete asshole here. Um, but at the same time, um, I, I don't know what was going through his head at that time. It makes me really sad, to be honest with you, because... Yeah, it's super unprofessional. She had she has a baby um, that she she wants to get back to, and it just seems it it like what I just don't understand what in his head would get to a place where he's like, I'm Tom Hart. Like he wasn't the best part of that movie to me. <laughs> so like, why why would what what's in your head that you think that you are the most important thing to this production um, that you'd be willing to act that way? It just it was really disappointing to hear as a person. I, again, it's it's hard to say off of one story, but you know, it, based off of this story, he, he does sound kind of like an asshole. And I mean, you you brought up a good point in that it's not like we're talking about Bruce Willis here, who's just been notoriously a dickhead and and rude and awful to work with for years and years and years. This is maybe it's just a case of the desert heat getting to him, and and you know, uh, you know, it just that sort of got to him, or maybe. He was just sort of starting to feel some mainstream North American, you know, uh, superstardom, and and that got to him. So yeah, I would like to give somebody the benefit of the doubt in a situation where it is the first time we're sort of hearing of anything like that. But the behavior is certainly questionable. But I mean, the only thing, though, going back to the article and, and looking at it, several weeks on set, right? Like if this was something that she brought up and saying, hey, you're, you're being an asshole, and 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 other people and the crew recognized that he was being awful, and they said something, and he didn't change his ways for several weeks on production. That's a bit different, right? Because I think we talk about all the time in in terms of like we'll see a tweet come out and be like, "That's a shitty thing to say." Like, don't say that. And then they do it again and again and again and again, and you're like, "Okay, well now, rightly so, we're not going to listen to you anymore. We don't want anything to do with you anymore." And a lot of companies won't want anything to do with you. So it it does sound like it. It was an ongoing thing, um, 
but yeah, man, I, I don't know. It just, it, it, the, especially the part of like not feeling safe. Like that's, that's really freaky to me. And it's, it just it's, seems like it's one thing if you're Marlon Brando and you're at the end of your career and you're phoning it in and you're, you're not memorizing lines and you're just a pain in the ass to work with. David O. Russell has been known to, as the director has been known to really yell and lament at his actors. But I mean, screaming and yelling and losing your temper is one thing to make somebody feel physically unsafe is a whole new level, yeah. especially with a female yeah. co-star who's literally got, you know, their, their newborn child in a daycare just around the corner. Like that's just, that's a frightening thought. Yeah. And I, I saw that he tried to come out and say like, it was kind of, uh, he, he sort of like did like a non-apology where he, like, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he basically was just sort of saying, well, yeah, Charlize and I, we both kind of got into it. It was super unprofessional, but he never said like, I'm sorry for the way I acted. Like, you know what I mean? He kind of was like, well, it was both. And it was, no, it was it, it doesn't seem like it was <laughs> yeah, both. That, that seems to, to trying to share the blame a little. Certainly, hopefully this is an isolated incident. And if not, hopefully he's he's learned from it. And everybody needs deserves a chance to to grow and learn from their mistakes and, and, and be better. So hopefully, hopefully he changes. Now, moving on to our next story and speaking of changes... Uh, the first image of Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al Yankovic has emerged. Oh, yeah. And James White of Empire sh shared the image, and I recommend you check it out because it is wild stuff. Uh, I know a few weeks back on This Week in Geek when we were talking about the the, 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 the casting news at first, we were all a bit like, really? That's a, an interesting choice. Now that we've seen the image, how do we feel? Are we a little bit more convinced that, uh, that he's going to, pull some Harry Potter magic and pull this off. <laughs> oh yeah, he looks great. And and the thing about it is that it's 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 he he just looks like he fits the role so perfectly and I love that they are doing something with him that he is going to physically look different from Harry Potter cuz I think I think he does sort of as an actor probably struggle a lot with people wanting to bring him into more of these fantasy roles, but like him in like something like, and I bring it up all the time, but Imperium was just such a phenomenal uh, acting job that he did um, where he, he, I, I started watching it and I got the feeling of I'm watching Harry Potter and then very quickly that fell away. So to see him sort of take this on, I'm just intrigued to see how they're going to do this. Are they going to make it, comedic goofy is it going to be more serious are they going to go the more sort of right like the biopic like actual dramatic aspect to it um and what does that look like to see weird al in those situations right I, I, and and i don't think we've really seen that i've never seen weird al upset or mad to be honest with you that's why i think i think this will be one of a lighter biopic and i think i think it's no there's no doubt that weird al yankovic is a a kooky guy, both in persona and just, you know, I've seen him in interviews and he's, he's not a, a calm sit there. He's a, he's a loud, colorful guy. And, and I mean, when you look at some roles that Radcliffe has had in the past, uh, you know, he was a young kid on this, but uh, Ricky Gervais extra, and he's playing like an, uh, you know, a, an exaggerated version of himself. Uh, you look, he's the bad guy, and now you see me too, and he's really over the top, and uh, even Swiss Army Man, and he's playing, you know, not just a very straight-laced character, but he's, he gets in touch with the, the kookier side, so I, I really do think he can pull this off, and, and I really hope that, uh, you know, and I really hope that Roku pulls this off, uh, just, you know, backed by this performance, and it can convince you, Nate, that not everything has to be made by HBO or, or Netflix or something you <laughs> or trust. FX. Or yeah. Yeah, something you trust a bit more. Yeah. Because that's yeah. just what we need is another solid uh, streaming platform to, to fill our schedules of, of watching that much more. Ah, oh, give them, give them all to me. But like, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Like I didn't, I think I've only really witnessed. And the reason maybe I haven't seen some of this drama is because I've only witnessed Weird Al through his music and through interviews. Um, but I'm, I'm just doing a quick Google search and apparently, yeah, he's had like a lot of like chaotic relationships uh, with different celebrities and, 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 you know, he's, he's been married, uh, I think at least once or twice. So um, yeah, I think if that's if that's kind of where they're focusing, it seems like that's kind of what they're looking at uh, in terms of of where to focus and hookups and and different things like that. It'll be uh, it'll be really intriguing. I'm just yeah, man. I mean, I'm just stoked to get more Daniel Radcliffe in 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 like serious acting 
chops again like I, I i want to see more of him i think he's uh i think he's again a lot of people just see harry potter uh and i'm excited for him to move past that in his career i love this idea that the weird al movie is going to be about love and romance because that's that's just what i picture when i think of weird al is is the, sure. the romantic at heart right but again that's that's the intriguing part is sure. maybe that's maybe that's how they get you is you're like holy crap i didn't think we were gonna get a scene where i'm like i feel heartbroken for weird al's relationship <laughs> he'll yeah. go write a, a parody now yeah um, there we go. Well, let's move on to our next story. Um, and now this might feature slight spoilers for the movie. So uh, if you're a, a Marvel fan who's a little scared of spoilers, maybe steer clear of this next segment. Uh, we've gotten very few details about the upcoming Thor Love and Thunder, uh, you know, especially as set photos have been few and far between. And we don't even have a whiff of a trailer yet. Uh, that said, as is often the case these days, a preview of a Lego set from a recent reveal of upcoming Lego sets and Hasbro toys for the movies uh, shows a sneak peek at things that, uh, you know, maybe the the Marvel marketing itself wouldn't have shown us, at least until the trailer. Uh, Brendan Klein of Screen Rant reports the reveals included new Hasbro models of Mjolnir and Stormbreaker, as well as Titan Hero series figures of Korg, Mighty Thor, and Thor. But the biggest little nugget came from Lego set number 76208. The 564-piece set shows Thor, Mighty Thor, hmm, Valkyrie, and Korg on a flying Viking ship led by legendary goats. That is a sentence <laughs> I never thought I'd say in my life. Uh, the ghosts pictured in the Lego set are most likely uh, Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder, characters who have assisted Thor in his transportation needs in the comics since the 1970s. Uh, in addition, another set, 76207, entitled Attack on New Asgard, shows a mm -hmm. huge scorpion-like monster, uh, which will apparently be wreaking havoc on New Asgard. Uh, and the set also features what many assume to be our first look at Gore the God Butcher in what I would consider a somewhat less than impressive fashion. Um, but so what do we think of these reveals? Uh, I mean, who else do you want, who else would you trust to introduce goats into the MCU other than Taika Waititi? <laughs> uh, and do we think Marvel and Lego need to find a way to keep these sets a bit more secretive until movies hit theaters? Because a lot of big MCU spoilers have kind of come from these recent Lego releases. A lot of spoilers in general have come from yeah. Lego releases, and it's definitely become a, a bit of an issue, I think, in terms of trying to keep some level of secrecy around things and, and surprise. Uh, thankfully, there was no Spider-Man set with three sets of Spider-Mans in it, right? That, right. That was but, released. But I have the Doctor Strange and the in the Multiverse of Madness first set that they've released and it's it's got uh gargantos and the showdown and this was revealed prior to us seeing this but in that movie was also trailer. delayed right so i think that correct part of the so reason this was why in production part of part of the reason why these things are happening right now especially is because yeah. movie schedules have been shifted but the release of products and, and marketing material has not uh so i think that that's very much the reason why a lot of these spoilers are happening um, but it's just that there's what there's no communication between Marvel and Lego. They can't, you know, get their ducks in a row and say, "Hey, you want to hold off on on releasing?" Well, that yeah, or, yeah. Or I call bull. I, think I call bull because the biggest marketing toy collectible anything of the last five years is 100%, no doubt, Grogu, and they managed to keep that thing a secret until we saw Grogu on screen. And so, if they, if you can keep that under wraps. And and miss out on potential sales, then everybody can. But in they my opinion. but they also but Kevin but Kevin they didn't have that in production. They didn't. They it didn't took a while it. for Grogu to come out after the reveal. So do they, it that it way. Happen. That's better than spoiling movies through Lego sets. <laughs> I will say though, in in a little bit of Lego's defense, you called bull. I'll call goat. Um, I think uh, I think that the you know if this was not Taika Waititi doing this movie. I would look at a set like this from Lego and be like, oh, no, this is just a fun Lego set because Lego's done that in the past <laughs> where we've gotten stuff that has nothing to do with the movie. That's like, you know, like someone's beach house. And you're like, there was never a beach house in this movie. Like, what are you talking about? So um, but <laughs> but the fact that it's Taika Waititi, 100 percent, we're getting a goat boat in this movie. <laughs> and I'm boat. so excited for this. Um, I think I think for me, I was a little bit more intrigued by. Uh, the look at the little minifig for Gore the God Butcher um, and just the idea that like, is he going to be 
CGI? Is he going to be, you know, are they going to have like a, a, a prosthetic? Like what's that actually going to look like? Yeah, because I mean, the Lego figure makes him look like just a humanoid, like almost like a mummy rather than the sort of alien creature that he is from the comics, you know? Yeah, I feel like he'll, he looks from at least some of the leaked behind the scenes photos, like he looks very Voldemort style. So I wonder okay. if they do something like they did with Voldemort. I think in some instances it was just CGI, right? Like they they dotted out his his nose and then they, his nose and then they yeah. they masked on that that sort of snake like look, right? So because when you get like when you get Christian Bale into the MCU, I want to see his acting. You know what I mean? Like I want to see his threatening, his emoting, villainous. Yeah face his yeah, emoting yeah. and and I, don't get me wrong like thanos was pretty well done right but i still want i want christian bale mm. as as gore the god butcher not not like a cgi i yeah. no, i no. disagree i want the character i want the actor to play a character not the character to be reduced yeah. so that the actor can have a role look at bill nighy in who's a terrific actor in pirates of the caribbean when he played davy jones he, mm. he was able to emote and and give a performance covered in you know, mm. five feet of CGI around his head. I mean, I think, and you could tell it was still him. It work. You could still yeah. tell it was him. Yeah. And just like okay. you mentioned, Thanos. There's another one where they clearly have done a lot of CG, and but you could still tell that it was Brolin emoting and, and doing that performance. Yeah. Well, then fine, but then at least make sure we get somebody cast really good as Tooth Nasher, because I think for them to pull off that <laughs> role. <laughs> yeah, man. Cool. Well, I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna buy this Lego set right now. Well, I think <laughs> if if these Lego sets have done anything, it's got me amped. We're 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 getting close to where a trailer has got to be around the corner. Maybe come on, let's do it. Maybe before uh, you know Doctor Strange, or maybe just after. But we're we're getting into that window. So hopefully we see a trailer soon. And speaking of trailers, it's trailer time. <laughs> All right, our first trailer comes from HBO. Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty is an upcoming American sports drama television series created by Max Borenstein and Jim Hesht for HBO. Based on the book Showtime, Magic, Kareem, Riley, and the Los Angeles Lakers Dynasty of the 1980s. Man, that's a long book title. That was written by Jeff Perlman. Uh, episodes will be directed by Adam McKay. I found this interesting. Jonah Hill... Uh, and yeah. several others. Uh, the show features an ensemble cast uh, with John C. Riley, Sally Field, Adrian Brody, Jason Clark. It features Quincy Isaiah as Magic Johnson and Solomon Hughes as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And the casting there is unbelievable. Uh, mm -hmm. The series is set to premiere on March 6th. Uh, so we're just a few days away from uh, another excellent HBO series that I'm looking forward to. I'm the sports guy. This is my jam. I can't wait to see this. Uh, how about you guys? I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. It looks. It, it totally captures the the sort of vibe of of the time, and you know, it, it, there's just such a stylistic approach to it that looks very, you know, '70s, right? Like it just has so much grain, the aesthetic, the lighting, everything. It's just f feels like it's a lot of fun, and it's great that Jonah Hill is. He, did you say he's writing? Is he directing too? Or he's no? directing he's an writing. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Directing okay, that makes episode, sense because yeah. he's he's very much transitioning his career right into being more than just the you know the kind of guy that we would expect him to be that was in don't look up uh he, you know he is making a name for himself as as a sort of filmmaker and producer writer doing music videos and all sorts of stuff so uh it's cool that he's he's gonna he's gonna do an episode that's a that was a fun surprise to, to learn yeah he might be um like he probably got pretty tight with adam mckay on don't I think look up I think Adam McKay's just tight with people in general, right? Like Jason, tight with people in general. Well, like Jason Siegel is is in this thing, right? Like yeah. I think that's a fantastic yeah. cast. He's got his like roster, yeah, right? Exactly. Like yeah, he has people movie, that he maybe, yeah. I think you know he works with, right? So I, I'm very excited mm -hmm. for this show. I thought I thought it looked great. It looks like it's filmed in the 80s too, and it's it's cool how they've got sort of they, they seem to be blending the production value a little bit too, where some of the scenes in the trailer look like they're they're fresh and really super high definition, and then. And then other ones look really like like crappy looking, and it's really cool. And I'm I'm honestly I'm excited to learn more about the about Magic Johnson and about the Lakers in general because I think um, again I'm not the sports guy uh, like yourself, Kevin. And I, I and for me it it almost takes these these dramatizations to to get me excited and get me intrigued in them because there are some really interesting stories in this world. And so to see them be told in this way, I think. 
I think for a lot of people that would look at something like this or or look at some sports movies or shows and just sort of say, well, I'm not into that sport, so I probably won't like that show or movie. The whole point of these shows is to give you the emotion behind these situations that these real life people went through. And so I'm really stoked for that. I think I, I really want to quickly just shout out like seeing John C. Riley in a serious role is awesome to me. I, I think don't it's think this exciting. is going to be very serious at all, man. Yeah. No, no, you think this... he's going to be all goofy? Oh, I th- oh, big time! Oh, big time! I, he's gonna, he's definitely going to play that up. So I, I feel like this is very Adam McKay. This whole thing, and, and it's just yeah. nice that it's pocketed within within the sports world, right? Like we already get a lot of those moments in the trailer where it's you know the fourth wall breaking, and you know the 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 the, the, the characters are interacting with the camera and, and sharing parts of the story. All of it feels very uh, intentional and, and makes sense for for the kind of work so it's natural that that john c Riley's character would be uh, dramatized to a certain degree but i think yeah far more character as you said kevin when we did the well review. yeah no i think this the, is going to be a fun look at this this time i, I yeah. don't want to give too much away not that i know all the details but i know some of what's going on here and i mean if you look at basketball now it's it's one of the most watched sports around the world and mm. and they're notorious for their annual slam dunk competition right. there's a lot of showmanship that goes on in right. the 70s, basketball was a fledgling organization. They were bleeding money. Barely anybody was watching. And and um, at this time, Jerry Buss, who John C. Reilly plays, he buys the Lakers and literally makes it an event, uh, a mm-hmm. spectacle to behold. And so I think this is going to be fun, loud, exciting. Um, and like personally, I'm really looking forward to not just the on-court, but the court-side uh, action that we're going to get because the Lakers are notorious for celebrities sitting courtside. We're going to get Jack Nicholson, Richard Pryor, Rod Stewart played yeah. by different actors. I think that's going to be a really fun thing to watch. Yeah. yeah. And I do think it, it gives me, but it, you know, to your point of it being a little bit more of a character, sure. But I'm also getting a lot of feelings of some of the more dramatic and serious stuff we see from Righteous Gemstones. Right. Where, again, I get this is an HBO production, so that's probably why the two are kind of near in my mind in terms of, of, of thinking sure. about them. But but I just feel like I'm 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 mm. intrigued to see him get mad. I want to see John C. Riley take on a serious tone because, dude, like I feel like a lot of comedians, a lot of comedic actors get looked at as as comedy is easier than like an Oscar level performance. But in reality, I, I it's, it's definitely harder um, to pull off in, in, in some instances. Yeah. So. But I, I don't think, I don't think that, that this isn't going to be totally void of, of drama. I think no, you're going to no, have, sure. I think you're going to have that yeah. moment. You're going to have a very meaningful, dramatic moment with John C. Riley, but it's going to be mm-hmm. one moment that's really going to stand out. And everything else, I think, around yeah. that is going to be very character based. And I okay. think, I think, we'll yeah, I, I think he's going to get I mad. <laughs> I, but I think, I think he's going to be. I think he's still going to yeah. be funny when he's mad. Think, John C. Riley is naturally a funny person. I can't take him seriously. In all honesty, like that's the, no, and I, that's and I don't think you're going to get it here. Like Nate, you keep trying to find <laughs> seriousness in topics that don't have it. Like if you want a serious drama, go watch Yellowstone. Go watch Succession. The Righteous Gemstones is the furthest thing from a serious television show a dude got poked in the eye with a penis the other day I mean come on these aren't the shows you're looking for uh, but these, this next show might be because I have a feeling this will be very serious uh, moving on to our second trailer Under the Banner of Heaven is an upcoming true crime drama television miniseries based on the non-fiction book of the same name by John Krakauer it is adapted by Oscar-winning screenwriter Dustin Lance Black and directed by David McKenzie. It tells the story of a Mormon police detective whose faith is shaken when investigating the murder of a woman that seems to involve the church. The show stars Andrew Garfield, Daisy Edgar-Jones, Sam Worthington, Wyatt Russell, and Rory Culkin. It premieres sometime this spring on FX on Hulu and internationally on Star+. Plus. Uh, I got serious, true detective vibes from this one. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, hundred percent. I was feeling that. I was feeling the outsider as well. Sure. I got major outsider vibes from just how creepy this was. The music in this trailer, guys, like the like that. Oh, I also got it, like, some Ozark vibes, me. but just not the family-based stuff. But like, sure, with the trailer, with that sort of intensity of like the score and the sound. I I, I think that with the that bleeding effect that we that they they used in the trailer quite a bit. Yeah, this was totally like true detective vibes to the core. Even the, I think the the theme of 
of uh, you want you want serious Nate go watch True Detective that'll that'll put you in a hole make you cry that'll, that'll keep uh, you up at night there you go <laughs> I love it uh, <laughs> I will say I will say I've now watched him in two movies this week the uh, the man is winning me over movie by movie um, he the guy made me like a musical the other day of course I'm talking about Andrew Garfield um, and, and this is just another different role that he's playing here. I love actors that can come and fit in to any character you sort of give them, and this just seems like another role that he's going to knock out of the park. I'm a big Andrew Garfield guy. Not that I ever disliked him, but I love the man right now. He's he's my boy. Yeah, I'm excited to see him in this, and um, I'm also really excited to see more Wyatt Russell, yes. uh, who was John Walker in Falcon and Winter Soldier. He looks great in this. I, I hope we get to see him as some sort of a, a villain here. Uh, in in this trailer, we also do see, I'm just trying to find his name here, Christopher Heyerdahl, um, who we've seen in Peacemaker just recently, um, who was like the really creepy looking <laughs> guy that was like the, what was he, the, like the police chief or whatever, or the fake police chief. Um, I, I'm I'm really intrigued to see he's playing a character named Eamon Lafferty. It's it's going to be intriguing. I've never read this uh, this book, but anytime you, you bring in some of these different elements of mixing in religion and and this sort of homicide detective story makes like it creepy it's, it makes it's it a whole really it's creepy. a whole other level of horror because it's so yeah. real right and yeah. it actually does happen and that's what i think was so nail-biting about true detective and the case that they were on and the the sort of brutality it, it makes for good horror and obviously this book definitely came before this series so it's going to be interesting how they do their their own sort of vibe of a true detective but with this story justin like you were saying you know because this is you know based on a, a non-fiction book it's it's set in reality and that like i don't like horror movies because i don't like jump scares i don't like sitting there waiting to be scared and then being scared but real horror real terror like this is the scariest thing you can imagine and so this this might pack a real punch but it's still something I'm, I'm looking forward to being scared by and i love that this is the look that we're getting at it so close to its release in the sense that it's it's a great trailer like this got me intrigued the music was was freaky like it did it did just enough to get me to want to look into it and to to learn more and then to to watch it but it didn't give everything away it wasn't like this super long sort of drawn out thing it was a really good trailer so i think more teasers like this please more trailers like this this is kind of the stuff i want but you're right the next two trailers they it seems like we, we give a lot away all right well yeah. speaking of which why don't we move on to our next trailer uh which is also a drama you're gonna get lots of drama on this one nate don't you worry yeah uh, we crashed is an upcoming drama streaming television miniseries based on the podcast we crashed the rise and fall of we work by wondery we crashed will follow the greed-filled rise and inevitable fall of WeWork, one of the world's most valuable startups, and the narcissists whose chaotic love made it all possible. The series stars Jared Leto, Anne Hathaway, Kyle Marvin, and America Ferreira. It is set to premiere on Apple TV Plus on March 18th, 2022, so again, right around the corner. It always surprises me how every time I see Jared Leto, I have to wait until it says starring Jared Leto, to know that it's Jared freaking Leto. He never looks like himself. He never sounds like it's himself. It's getting a bit much. <laughs> it's getting a bit it much. Is getting, it's, getting, it's getting a lot, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued by this. Uh -huh. I think this is going to be a good addition to, to the Apple TV lineup. We'll see if it makes it past the first season. Uh, um, I think it's uh, it, it, it'll either be great and up there with the morning show, or I think it, it it might not. I I don't think no, that this is a mini series. I think this is going to sure. be a story, and that's it. This is a one. And this done. is a five-hour movie cut into parts, more than it is okay. giving the potential for for sec second and third seasons. But I I'm, I'm jumping back on that Jared Leto point because I watched him last night in House of Gucci, and there he is <laughs> as another unrecognizable character. Although I think. I think with Jared Leto, he he does constantly bring a different performance, and sometimes it works. Eh, uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Sometimes it doesn't. See House Suicide Squad or House of Gucci. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Papa! You know, it's sometimes it's a bit like oh, it this was, one. Seems, it was much. This it one took, seems it like takes he's you not out. going too far. Yeah, right. For sure. He was unrecognizable, but also seemed like a real person, and that for I sure. appreciate. You know, he's yeah. got to sort of find that balance of where, like, he's kind of he could be the new Gary Oldman, who's different and unrecognizable yeah. in yeah, every yeah. role, but never went 
over the top unless the role really called for it. And so look, look to his work and, and see where th- there's a cap on these over-the-top performances that you have to find, Jared. You're right. It's Sometimes they're hits, sometimes they're misses. And, you know, I think House of Gucci was a total miss, right? Like, I think he went too far with it and... It just it takes you out. It takes oh, you. Oh no! Right you don't like my clothing. <laughs> yeah, it was it was laughable, and I'm like, I don't know if I should be laughing right now. But you know what I mean. So like here, at least, like when he gets into the accents, and like he he nails the German accent, right? But like I don't know. It's 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 one of those things where we're gonna have to see it and then see how he really does portray with the accents and if if things are laughable. And no respect to to Mr. Leto. Obviously, you're listening right now. No Jared. respect. Um, no respect. No, no respect. No, no, no respect no, to no him. Respect. <laughs> yeah. no, that's what I think I meant. No respect to him. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. no worries, man. We hate you on the Geek Central um, podcast. No disrespect. Come on the show. We love you. Um, uh, but I, I do think that I'm actually more excited to see Anne Hathaway in this in this in this miniseries. I, I think. love her. Um, I'm always. I'm always she's fantastic. To see Anne. She's so phenomenal. She's she's. Uh, she looks like she's gonna go toe to toe with some really phenomenal like a- like acting chops and and other actors in this show, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm I'm really excited to kind of see. I I feel like the show, based on the trailer, because maybe we've already seen the whole show, be based on how long that trailer was. Um, it feels like they're gonna go in a direction of like he's gonna kind of be on the outside and we're really following her story and, and her, you know, her, her move throughout the company. I think it's going to shift. It looks like it's going to yeah. shift. It looks like it's going to start with they're together. They're making this thing yeah. happen. And then you're going to start to see how he's kind of like, how it breaks exactly. And how they start to kind yeah. of fall apart. But you're absolutely right. I, I think that the show has such a good dramatic tone to it that it's trailer oversells it. And, and it just, it, it tries way too hard to, to actually throw so much in to really make it like you have Anne Hathaway and Jared Leto honestly that was enough for me to just click on the damn thing to want to see all you need yeah right so just trusting like some of the range and the dramatic performances that you got and maybe yeah. cutting a trailer with that that's a little bit more uh, exciting but then also mysterious as to like how did the story happen I, don't, I feel like that I mean, would probably be I mean, a better approach I, normally I'd agree we talk about that all the time on this show but when your show is called something 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 colon the rise and fall you do know the story already the title gives everything away in that sense right so a trailer isn't gonna sort of give anything away that the the five words in the title are already doing i will say i have no idea what we work is or was is it a real company uh, yeah, yeah yeah this is a, so I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out and i always love a, a success gone bad story anytime there's a, a a true story that comes out that i don't know anything about i stay away from the details so that i can learn about them on the show you know just oh. to keep that mystery but yeah no, so i've seen this in like i've seen this in like a mall before I'm pretty sure I've seen this in like a mall or, or like it's like a space that you can go and you just. Well, they they were they were commonly like in like buildings, like actual buildings. I'd never been to one at a mall. Yeah, the trailer sets it up really well where it's like when you think of uh, a workspace or, you know, a, a common workspace, what do you think of? He describes a boring office and the whole idea is this sort of open concept very collaborative and trying to get people to like sort of work together I, I, yeah. wait way too many spoilers there justin thanks a lot now i don't even have to watch it all right well before you yeah, guys man. give away any more spoilers here let's move to our <laughs> final trailer and now nate despite the title we are not going to mm-hmm. get drama and and there's not going to be a real sense <laughs> of dread here uh of course i'm talking about the trailer for the bad guys or sheesh Depending on who you want to believe, if you look at IMDb, it's called Sheesh now, but all the promotional materials say the bad guy. We'll talk about this in a sec. Uh, But yes, so uh, The Bad Guys is an upcoming computer animated crime comedy produced by DreamWorks Animation and distributed by Universal Pictures. It's directed by Pierre Perifel in his debut from a screenplay by Ethan Cohen. Not Ethan Cohen uh, and Hillary Winston, <laughs> and is based on the children's book series of the same name by Aaron Blabby, who serves as executive producer. In a world where humans and anthropomorphic animals coexist, a gang of criminal animals known as Mr. Wolf, Mr. Piranha, Mr. Snake, Mr. Shark, and Miss Tarantula have made a deal to go good to avoid serving prison time after taking some advice from Professor Marmalade. While Mr. Wolf and his gang are beginning to enjoy this new lifestyle, a new villain emerges. The film stars Sam Rockwell, Mark Moran, Craig Robinson, Anthony Ramos, Aquafina, Richard Iode, Zazie 
Beats, Lily Singh, and Alex Bornstein. Uh, the Bad Guys is scheduled to be theatrical released in the United States on April 22nd, 2022. Uh, Sheesh is also scheduled to be released on that day. Sheesh. So yeah, what do we think? First of all, like, how do you market a movie when you're calling it two different things no matter where you look? That's a crazy strategy. This reminds me of when, what was it, The End of the World? Or no, what was that one with Tom Cruise where it was like at Worlds? No, what was it called? Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow. And then it was like Never Stop Dying or something like that. I can't quite remember. But but they had different uh, yeah, all you names need for is it. Kill. Was that the all nether you, one? Oh my gosh. Yeah, all you need is kill. Switching from all you need is kill to Edge of Tomorrow is a good strategy. Switching from yeah. the bad guys, which perfectly <laughs> summizes and, and sets up your movie to <laughs> Sheesh. Sheesh. <laughs> sheesh. I really hope this movie's not called Sheesh. I will say, um, I'm I I going into this, I'd never read the book, so I, I didn't know what to expect. Mm. Um, but honestly, when I first saw this trailer, I thought Okay, another animated movie with animals acting like people. Here we go. Just give me Zootopia 2 already. That's what I really want. But then, I gotta say, man, I I started really looking at this trailer, and I'm kind of digging the aesthetic. I'm digging the look. It kind of looks a little cel-shaded at times, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. And having us follow the bad guys is kind of a welcome change for, for an animated uh, movie. It feels like it's going to be like a heist story. Well, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the cast and I'm jumping on right where you said the first trailer I watched. I I wasn't digging the look. I thought, oh, that's some ugly animation. And now all of a sudden I'm watching it going, huh, did they change something or am I just watching this through a different lens? I'm not sure. But uh, did you watch a different trailer? You watch the bad guys trailer. This is the trailer. Oh, Oh, maybe they are two (laughs) different movies. And I'm just really confused. (laughs) But this is definitely like a cartoon version of Suicide Squad meets Ocean's Eleven. Almost like you oh, know yeah. what I mean. Like that's the kind of vibes I'm getting from it. I I will admit though the the, the end of the trailer does sort of seem to give away the direction that these characters are going to go, which is a little upsetting. But maybe I'm mm-hmm. maybe I'm reading too much into it. Yeah, it seems to be another trailer that's giving too much away. Yeah, it's giving way too much away because it's trying to sell this to kids, right? And and it's right. trying to sell it to parents. And and honestly, I mean, kids like... don't care, right? So that's the, these are the kind of movies where you can do that because kids don't watch trailers and pay attention to what's going on. They just go, "Oh, that looks like a fun <laughs> character in bright colors. I want to see that." Yeah, because like right. I think there's a better way to handle introducing these guys as bad guys and then you know saving the 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 idea that they have to be good for the movie. Do you know what I mean? Like you didn't need to put that in the trailer. Like you, I don't know, save something for the movie. Yeah, but I, I would have totally been sold on just an idea of here's a cartoon from the perspective of the bad guys. And then if you went in there and it was this whole story where they're trying to be good and are they, aren't they, you know, yeah, that would have been a lot more intriguing to see play out over the course of a movie instead of over a two minute trailer. But, but I'm really excited uh, for Richard Ayode mm. as Professor Marmalade. <laughs> I think was what really brought me in for this, or like Mr. Piranha, like Anthony Ramos when he like bubbles up in the in the hot tub and he's like, "Hey, <laughs> just like it's something about those like little moments are are really fantastic." And I, honestly, watching this trailer ma- gave me vibes of like a Sony Animations production uh, more than it did DreamWorks. So I think it's kind of cool to see how these these sort of these movies seem to sort of be blending and adapting and, and, and maybe borrowing things from each other. Um, but I'm 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 stoked for this. I got I, I can't lie. I'm I'm really excited to see if this turns out to be good or if it's just gonna be another uh, animal acting like human movie. Yeah, which it very well likely will be. But I mean hey Sam Rockwell as your lead, I'm in. The guy's the guy's amazing and does almost no wrong. So that's enough to sell me to to at least check it out. All right, well, that does it for trailer time. Before we wrap things up, we're going to end things like we always do, at least recently, and that is with (laughs) Whatcha. Uh, We're going to look at what we've been watching, reading, playing, that sort of thing. Uh, So why don't we start with Nate, Whatcha? Um, Yeah, so we kind of talked about it earlier. Um, I watched King Richard. I really, really enjoyed it. And like I was saying about... um, uh, winning, winning time. Uh, the, it makes me almost wish that I had paid more attention to the Williams sisters growing up. I mean, mm-hmm. I, w- I was a bit younger, to be honest with you. So I wasn't, and I'm not into 
tennis at all. <laughs> That's so I, probably I one of the biggest factors. <laughs> biggest factors there, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I was into but, tennis and I knew them, but I was like. <laughs> but but I never followed their story, and it's so fascinating. And this movie was excellent. And yeah, Will Smith. He's he's gonna get this Oscar, and I also think um, Angelou Ellis was phenomenal. Like the entire cast in this movie was phenomenal, but but them two playing off each other, and I will say, John Bernthal mm-hmm. was completely transformed. I didn't know he could play characters like like Rick Macy, a nice uh, guy. Before. He never I've plays never, a nice guy ever. You know, no, ever. I, he's I a will tough, say, brooding guy. I will say, I mean, if you see the real life pictures of this guy. They gave him a cool middle part haircut. Give him the bowl cut that this guy had in real life. You know, we've seen prosthetics <laughs> and teeth and everything like that. So give him the big gap tooth. Like, may, they could have made Berenthal transform even more into this guy. He, he just kind of looked like a cool, muscular, nice guy, you know, instead of being a bit of a <laughs> yeah. dweeb like the, the real guy is, you know. So that, that was a, the only upsetting thing. But the performances, like you said, Nate, are incredible. And I just think it's, it's an unbelievable story. This is one of the truest true story sports movies I've ever seen, like mm-hmm. looking into it afterwards and going, wow, like point for point, these things actually happen. This man literally said, I'm going to have two daughters, they're going to play tennis, and they are both going to become the best in the world. Like, and it happened exactly how he laid it out. It is unbelievable, this story. Because he worked and at I, it, right? Like he yeah. worked at it. He, he made them work at it, right? And I think he But gra- you, no like- matter how hard you work, it, you, you, could, you could spend every day of your life skating on an ice rink and s- doing slap shots and, and whatever. It doesn't mean you're going to be even a good hockey player, let alone the best in the world. It's crazy sure. that he was able to do this, sure. you know? The only thing I will say, though, that I think the only negative for me was the, there was a bit of um, a, a few issues with pacing and a bit of a narrative focus issue with the movie where it does sort of, and I, I, I don't really want to spoil too much, but it's, how can you spoil it? It, it? I guess it happened. But, <laughs> but in the sense of like, they kind of show the same narrative uh, two times in a row. Where we kind of get this sort of this 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 you know how he goes about keep you know keeping his daughter back for a certain reason, then he kind of does it again, and so it, I just felt like there there was a, a little bit too much uh, repetition within the middle of the movie, and then I also think like it it really focused on Venus, and I get that Venus was the first, and then and then you know Serena kind of come came up after her, but I felt like they did sort of push her to the side. And Demi Singleton was was so charming as as Serena. I just I kind of wanted a little bit more of her in the movie than we got. Um, but other than that, dude, like if this is sports movies, Kevin, I'm gonna need a list. I'm gonna need a list of some good. I biopic can find sports you some. Movies. I can find you some Please. good biopics. Okay, cool. So that's a, that's a fun project. I'll work on to, uh, to shoot go. your way. Uh, just how about yourself? Whatcha? Um, yeah, I've been doing my Oscar rewatch, if you will, of things. So I watched King Richard. I watched Spencer again this weekend. Um, one that I didn't watch, though, that, that I wanted to check out, which was actually from Apple TV, A24's uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth. I wasn't thinking that I was going to be crazy about this movie, and I wasn't crazy about it. But the design and the way it Visually, was Visually, it looks was, awesome. It was incredible. It looks, it looks so good. Like, the fact that it's, it's a very contained set... But the way the outdoor elements feel like they're also contained in a set, like in a stage performance, like it's just there's such a theatricality to the way everything is set up. Very German expressionism with the with the harsh lighting and the shadows and just strong sense of the, you know, uh, what they call the, the mise en scene, like the set, the way everything's designed and and so on. So I, I, I really enjoyed that aspect. But yeah, like it was cool to see Denzel as as Macbeth. But I think it's like. When you get into Shakespeare language, it kind of sometimes takes you out of it, right? Like there's great moments. It know, is, there's, there's... it is, and 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 they've done it so much. They've done this story itself so, so many, many times. times. So, I, that's the other thing too. So I, the, the I thing is, you can't bring story. anything new to the narrative. So I'm, yeah. I'm I'm so appreciative that Joel Cohen brought the aesthetic differences aesthetic, that yes. we've never seen before because he yeah. had to, and I think he realized that probably, and so that was a great yep. move. So this might be cheating when we do our Oscars prediction, but are you guys giving me my answer without having to watch Tragedy of Macbeth for, for production design? Do we think that's going to be our production design winner? I would imagine so. I mean, it would be... I, I don't think I've watched all the films that... Knock I, off I'm the, not going to say I that I still yet. haven't even seen Macbeth <laughs> myself. Okay. Yeah. I haven't even seen it myself yet, but that would be my front runner for that pick. 
put a little asterisk on your on your prediction list if you're putting that together already. <laughs> Kevin, what's ya been watching? Uh, well, well, like you like you guys, uh, I'm doing my Oscar watch. I uh, I set out to watch every single movie outside of the documentary and short film categories that have been nominated, which means there are a total of 34 movies. Uh, I'm at 18, so. Uh, I've wow, and you still of, have you still have like a month and, to go. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> we're we're gonna do it. I didn't think it was possible, but we we did a couple uh, three movie days over the last two weekends. So yeah, we, but you're always we did good some like work. that, though. You'll just sit I down will, and if binge. I have to, I'll stay up you have till to four do in the morning and do it. Yeah, yeah it'll get yeah, exactly. done. But yeah, uh, yeah so over the halfway <laughs> point b- before anything else, that'll get done. <laughs> and I mean, I gotta say, there have been some surprises along the way. Uh, I'll save. My thoughts, though, I think for the big Oscar shows that we have planned. Um, Outside of the Oscars, I haven't had time to watch much because I have been busy watching monitors in doctor's offices because in August, Sarah and I are welcoming our first child. What? Congratulations. What? (laughs) No. Justin, you're going to have to turn down the mic for this part. I'm so sorry. Holy crap. That's amazing. Yeah, we are are quite excited. Yeah. At first, you were like, you're like monitors. And I'm like, no, what's going on, Kevin? Please. (laughs) Why are you doing this on the podcast? But no, holy I crap, to bring man! Joy to the podcast, I thought this would be a fun I had a way suspicion. To share the big news. I had a suspicion. Dude. I had a suspicion. Yeah. Congratulations, well, man! Imagine yeah. poor Sarah going through the holidays and everything, and we're, we're you know, uh, she we, she said she was eating for two, and I was drinking for two because anytime she'd have a cocktail, I'd have to put that back. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we've been doing our best to hide, uh, you know, keep it. You know, till we could get to the point of announcing. But yeah, she's uh, about 15, uh, 15 weeks along, and uh, we are nervous and scared, but uh, over the moon excited. Dope. Dude, I'm so excited to see little little Nate or little Justina or whatever. No, it's I, well, be. I'm, I'm telling you, uh, <laughs> boy or girl, I'm telling you what, I'm right now to plan right now for what sport. They're going to play, yep. and they're going to be the okay. best in the world at what they do. <laughs> Let's I'm, go. I'm going to King Richard the <laughs> hell out of this baby. Oh, that's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Dude, congratulations. Oh, that's thank awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I thought I'd share that with, with some of my besties and, and our listeners around the world. Uh, cool. But that Sick. is it for this week in Geek. Thanks for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and leave us a glowing review. We always appreciate the love. And also, you can always reach out and say hi. Ask us a question about any of the news or trailers covered today or about anything that we cover. Uh, Did any of the trailers catch your attention or are you just excited that the Batman finally hits theaters this week? You can let us know at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com or if that reminds you too much of the 1970s Lakers, hit us up on Twitter at GeekcentricYT and Instagram at WeAreGeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering a variety of other content and new content always coming your way. To celebrate Pokemon Day, Nate was joined by Canadian actor Monroe Chambers and Pokemon content creator Mr. Mitch George to discuss the latest announcements from the Pokemon company, including the announcement of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Our spoiler-free review of Uncharted is also available. And every week, just like right now, we come at you with This Week in Geek. Plus, stay tuned for our reviews of The Batman, Fresh, and Turning Red, which will be hitting your eardrums in the near future. But until next time, J-Law... Nate, thanks for joining me this week in Geek. And as we say, love you. Congrats, Kevin and Sarah. Woo! Get home safe, guys. Peace. <laughs>